let me tell you something about our Lord Jesus Christ, the greatest spiritual warrior that ever lived. Jesus Christ's will for you and me is that we would never settle for less than God's best and surely not settle for bondage over freedom. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire, author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Life Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire, and thank you for joining us. Today, we're continuing the series, Pray Through, with a look at one of the most important types of prayer found in the Bible, warfare prayer. You know, Paul the Apostle tells us under the direction of the Holy Spirit in Ephesians 6 that we are in a battle, but not with human beings. We're at war with spiritual wickedness and rulers of darkness, and the one thing they hope we don't do is pray. What is warfare prayer, and what does it mean to battle the enemy of our soul on our knees in the prayer closet? And how can we know we're engaging the enemy effectively in prayer? Well, stay tuned, because today we're going to see what the Word of God teaches about warfare prayer. All right, let's read this incredible chapter. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. But what's it against if we're not fighting people? It's against the rulers, powers, forces of this darkness and spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Now down to verse 18. Therefore, with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. With this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints and pray on my behalf that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel for which I'm an ambassador in chains and in proclaiming it, I may speak boldly. Say with me, prayer precedes boldness. That's where it comes from. He said, as I ought to speak. Anytime he's talking about Jesus, you ought to speak boldly. Amen. Now let's pray. Father, thank you for your word today. And I'm asking you, Lord, this word will not return void, but it will do what you're sending it forth to accomplish. Lord, take our prayer life up a level. Lord, ignite the fire of prayer in our hearts that we would begin to go into that prayer closet more than we ever have before. That, Lord, mountains will be moved, valleys will be brought up, Locked doors will be opened and a way will be made where there is no way because we prayed, because we prayed. And thank you, Lord, for the anointing to preach this today and the anointing upon the listeners to understand the Word of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Can you breathe a prayer with me and just say, Lord, speak to my heart. And take my prayer life up a level in Jesus' name. Amen. Tell your neighbor, God heard that prayer. How many of you have wished that your prayer life was stronger? Most people have. Now, 
I want to just dive into the Word here and show you that Paul launches the chapter telling us that we're at war. The Christian is at war. We're in a cosmic struggle, not with human beings, as say Islam is. Islam has declared war on people who don't believe the way they do. Christians don't battle people. Christians are at war with spiritual beings, beings that we cannot see, with another world that though we can't see it is very real. It's the world of the Spirit. We are in a cosmic struggle as co-warriors with Jesus Christ. When you got saved, you got drafted. You may not like it, but listen, if you don't fight back, the devil's going to fight you anyway. So we were drafted into the Lord's army and into the Lord's battle. We are co-warriors with Jesus Christ against an evil, unseen, satanic hierarchy that is dedicated to attacking God's children and keeping God's blessings and purposes away from us. When you got saved, you got a bullseye painted on your chest and you're under attack and you will either learn to fight back or you will be defeated. As a believer, you can still be defeated. So I'm going to talk today about warfare prayer. Since we're in the battle and we're at war, we must learn warfare prayer. Now, you notice that sandwiched in between verses 12 and 18 is the famous armor of God illustration that Paul gave us. And I skipped over it to highlight what he said about prayer because he tags the armor we know so well with the exhortation to pray, to engage the enemy, to fight in the Spirit, and bring down strongholds. So as important as the armor is in winning the victory over our foe is the practice of warfare prayer. Pray, petition God, pray some more at all times for all the saints. Pray for boldness, pray for strength, pray for wisdom, pray for open doors. Pray and then pray some more is Paul's message. If you're born again, you're a prayer. You may have been born in a hospital when you were first born, but when you were born again, you were born on a battlefield. And we must fight. We must fight. We must learn to fight. We must learn to defeat the enemy. And what he doesn't want you to hear is what I'm preaching today. When the arrival of Jesus happened on earth, war was openly declared against the devil and his forces. You study the ministry of Jesus, and and man, he goes to preach his first message in a synagogue, and suddenly a devil speaks out of a man and begins to engage Jesus in um, conversation. Have you come to defeat us? Have you come to destroy us? And Jesus cast him out. When Jesus arrived, the devil was, as it were, flushed out of hiding and brought to the forefront and engaged and confronted by Jesus Christ. Jesus cast out demons everywhere that he went. Do you know that a quarter of his ministry was in casting out devils? That was a quarter of Jesus' ministry. He cast out demons everywhere that he went. I started looking at it in synagogues, in church. The devil went to church, and he confronted him in church, cast him out in church. He cast them out in Galilee. He cast them out outside. He cast them out inside, in houses, 
at the seashore, in a ship, in the plain, in every city and village. Jesus cast devils out. They cried out of people, and they were terrified of Jesus. They begged for mercy from Jesus. They were subjected to Jesus. Hey, they knew who he was, the anointed of God. And then when you jump into the book of Acts, you see the disciples did the same thing. The brand new church immediately confronted the devil and engaged in spiritual warfare. They knew who their real enemy was. They knew that it wasn't people. It wasn't Nero. It wasn't the Romans. It wasn't the Jewish leaders of the synagogues that were so reprobate. The early church knew that they had an unseen enemy behind the curtain, beyond the veil. There was another enemy, and that was their enemy. That was who they fought. Paul the Apostle told the Thessalonian church quite bluntly and frankly, he said, we wanted to come to you, I, Paul, again and again, but Satan hindered us. He said, I wanted to come and bring you a blessing. I wanted to come and impart a gift to you, and Satan hindered me. Satan hindered us. Satan blocked the way. And so Paul engaged in spiritual warfare until he finally got there. He discerned what had really happened. Notice he didn't say circumstances hindered us. He didn't say people hindered us. He didn't say bad luck hindered us. He said Satan hindered us. So many times we mistake what's hindering us. So many times we mistake that we really don't have a marriage problem But beyond the veil, our marriage is under attack or our finances are under attack or our children are under attack. Our home is under attack. So we can say, well, it's the way they were raised. I should have done this or I should have done that. And that might be true. But often beyond the circumstance is an attack. He discerned what happened and said Satan hindered us and we're at war. And he was trying to block your blessing is what he told the Thessalonians. The Bible presents the world view of an earth under siege. We are not on an earth that is undergoing evolutionary advancement. We're on an earth, a planet under siege. Listen to what John said, 1 John 5, 19. The whole world lies in the hand of the evil one. Did you catch that? The whole world lies in the hand of the evil one. The whole world is under the influence of the devil. That's literally what he's telling you. Now, the, the devil doesn't rule because God rules, Christ rules, but we are, in a, we are on a renegade, rebellious planet, and that planet is submitted to the devil, and the whole world, secular world out there is under his sway and his influence. Paul tells us in Ephesians 2, 2, that the prince of the power of the air which is the devil, is the spirit that now works in the sons of disobedience. Let me tell you something about people. No matter how nice a person is, they may look to be law-abiding and seem like a great person, and they may be. But if they're not born again, the spirit controlling them is the spirit of the prince of the power of the air, according to the Bible. Paul wanted the Ephesian church to understand we're wrestling with spiritual beings dedicated to our destruction and to blocking and hindering and thwarting the will of God for our lives. 
reveals the devil, not to be a little guy running around in a red suit with a pitchfork and a tail. But no, no, no. He reveals the devil to be an intelligent strategist and an obstinate fighter. His demonic kingdom, says Paul, is structured in a satanic hierarchy beginning with lower-level principalities and powers, then escalating to rulers of the darkness of this world, and finally the upper tier of demonic power, spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. There is a hierarchy, a military hierarchy, organized, structured. And he uses the word wrestle. He says, we don't wrestle. That's the word battle. We don't wrestle with flesh and blood. And that word wrestle is very strong in the original language. It refers to a common first century contest between two opponents in which each one sought to throw the other down. You know how wrestlers do. And the victor was able to hold down his opponent with his hand upon his neck. Now listen to what Paul is saying. By the inspiration of the Spirit, Paul informs us that the church of Jesus Christ is in a wrestling match with the devil and somebody is going to the mat. And the victor will be holding his incapacitated opponent down with his hand upon his neck. Somebody's going to win and somebody's going to lose in this wrestling match. I've seen believers who had their hand on the devil's neck through Jesus Christ and walked in victory. And I've seen believers who had the devil's hand on their neck pushing them down to the mat, incapacitated. Which will it be? Well, I'm going to tell you something. If we'll do what the Word of God tells us today and tells us in this series on prayer, we will be the head and not the tail, above and not beneath, blessed in the storehouse, blessed in the field, blessed in our going out, and blessed in our coming in. We will be on top and not on the bottom. We'll have through Jesus, not of our own strength, but through Jesus, we will have our hand on the devil's neck because Jesus has his hand on the devil's neck. But you see, we must appropriate what God has given to us. And one of the things he's given to us is warfare prayer. Warfare prayer. Now, one of the great examples of warfare prayer is found in Daniel 10. Let me give you the background of Daniel 10. In Daniel 10, when Daniel goes into the prayer that we're about to read, the children of Israel, that is of Judah, have been in Babylonian captivity for 70 long years because of their sin. And they are just about to be released to go back to Jerusalem and rebuild the city. Daniel's been right there with them. When he writes Daniel 10, he's an old man. He's been languishing in this captivity just like Judah. And here's what Daniel's aware of. Daniel is aware that the prophet Jeremiah had predicted that they would be in captivity for 70 years and then they would be released. He knew the promise. He knew the word. He knew the promise of God that after 70 years they would come out and go back home and rebuild their city and get back into God's highest purpose for them. He knew this. But then he's got a problem. He looks around. Cyrus has come into power, King Cyrus, and Cyrus has told them, you can go back and build your, your city. Go back. But you know what happened? Very, very few responded. And Daniel is totally perplexed. He said, what's going on here? We've been in captivity. This isn't our home. These people are people of a strange language. This is not a part of our destiny. Why aren't they returning? 
In other words, what's wrong with you folks? And so it bugs him. It burdens him. It bothers him. But let me tell you what had happened. Many of the people have made the transition from farming, which they did in Jerusalem, to hanging a shingle and opening up a Babylonian fast food restaurant. In other words, they learn to be shopkeepers. They learn to be capitalists. They learn to get out there and sell things. And here's what they were doing. They were, they were resting. They were compromising. Listen, they were settling for something less than God's best. They were settling for captivity. They were settling for bondage. They were letting their calling and their destiny go, letting it go. And a lot of people do that. I've seen them. They say, you know what? I can't beat this thing, so I'm going to settle for it. I'm just going to settle in my captivity. I'm going to settle in my bondage. I'm just going to settle in this. I'm going to make peace with this. But let me tell you something about God and about our Lord Jesus Christ, the greatest spiritual warrior that ever lived. Jesus Christ's will for you and me is that we would never settle for less than God's best and surely not settle for bondage over freedom. So if you're laying there, if you're sitting there languishing in bondage, you've decided to make peace with it, don't you make peace with it? Listen to the rest of this message and then head for your war room, the prayer room, because you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Amen? So this is deeply troubling to Daniel. He can't believe this. He's seen this little minority go off to Jerusalem. The majority of God's people are just staying in Babylon, making peace with Babylon. And so he goes into fasting and prayer. He goes into fasting and prayer, and he engages in spiritual warfare. He's asking God, God, give me an answer. What is your will for the people? What is your will for Judah? Speak to me a fresh word. Now, as he's in prayer, look at this amazing thing that happened. Daniel 10, 4. As I was standing on the bank of the great river, the Tigris, I looked up, and there before me was a man dressed in linen, with a belt of the finest gold around his waist. His body was like chrysolite, his face like lightning. I'm starting to suspect this is not a normal man. His eyes like flaming torches looked right through you. His arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze and his voice like the sound of a multitude. This is an angelic being. I think it's one of the three mighty archangels, probably Gabriel. He has come and standing in front of Daniel. Daniel hits the ground. Don't tell me an angel came into your bedroom and the two of you danced. You say, where do you get that, Jeff? Oh, I've read these stories. If a real angel shows up, buddy, you're on your face. Have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. So Daniel's on his face, and he's terrified. He's trembling. The angel says to him, don't be afraid, Daniel. Now watch this, everybody. Since the first day you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. When was the answer first sent? First day. Say with me, prayer changes things. Can you say with me, God hears prayer? On the first day. 
Now watch closely what the angel says next because this is a revelation. The angel tells Daniel something amazing. He says, but the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. Now let me be clear. We're not talking about a human prince here because a human being can't resist an archangel. He goes on. This is a fallen angel, a demon, stepped up in the second heaven and fought this angel bringing Daniel's answer. Then look what happened. Michael, one of the chief princes, a good angel, another archangel, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Now look what he says. I have come now to explain to you, look at the importance of what he was bringing. What will happen to your people in the future for the vision concerns a time yet to come. Daniel not only received a now word for his situation, but a word that reaches down to our day right now and speaks to us about the latter times. No wonder the devil was resisting this answer. This angel was bringing precious cargo. Please catch this. Now, this is warfare prayer in action. We got a revelation here because of the Word of God. We are able to see beyond the veil here because of the Word of God. Now, here's Daniel, old man. He's just sitting there. He's praying. He has no idea what's going on behind the scenes. He has no idea of the conflict that is being waged in the second heaven. He's just praying. But behind the veil, there is a drama. There is a war. There is a conflict. And the stakes are high. So I want to stop here for a minute and dissect what we learn about warfare prayer from this experience with Daniel. First, warfare prayer begins with a burden. Warfare prayer begins with a burden. Daniel was burdened about his people. He was burdened about the future of Israel. He was burdened about their captivity. Let me ask you a question today. Are you burdened about America today? Well, that's it for this time. I hope you enjoyed the message about warfare prayer and that it has helped you to better understand the place that prayer has in our battle with the devil. You know, God is using Life Talk to reach many people across the nation with the uncompromised Word of God. And we simply could not do it without your faithful prayers and financial gifts. One of the amazing things about Life Talk is that not one dime of your financial offerings goes to any overhead whatsoever. Each penny goes directly to airtime. Not every ministry can say that, but thank God we can. So would you consider sending a gift to help us reach America with the Word of God? If you do, we've got a very special gift just for you that I'm excited about. Listen to the announcer as he explains. Now you can bring Pastor Jeff Wickwire and Life Talk right into your home. For a gift of any size to Life Talk, Pastor Jeff will send you a CD collection of some of his most anointed and inspiring teaching series. These CDs will strengthen your faith and build your understanding of what Christ Jesus did for you at the cross. 
So call now, toll-free, 877-884-3111. Or just log on anytime, day or night, to lifetalk.tv. Listen to Pastor Jeff's hope-filled CDs again and again. Or give them to family members or friends as a gift. Don't wait. Call 877-884-3111 right now or log on anytime to lifetalk.tv and give your best gift today. Join us next time as we continue with part two of the message, Warfare Prayer. Until then, I pray God's rich blessings be yours. Warfare Prayer is the fourth message of Pastor Jeff's series, Pray Through. You can own a copy of this six CD set for just $30 plus shipping. Log on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, Pray Through, for only $30 plus shipping by logging on to lifetalkradio.us or calling us toll free at 877-884-3111 for more information. You've been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast. Thank you.